Hi, I'm Karen Osborne, and this is Living in the Sandwich Zone, a place where each week we talk all things parenting, caregiving, juggling life, and reclaiming joy. Hey, my friends, welcome back to Living in the Sandwich Zone. I want to first tell you all, thank you so much for your ongoing support and encouragement. I have received so many notes and just beautiful messages about how this podcast has resonated with you or touched you in some way or encouraged you or helped you. And that really lifts me up and motivates me to keep going. Just a couple weeks ago, I got in my inbox a message from Anchor FM, which is the platform that I produce this podcast through, and it said, congratulations on your one-year anniversary from your first podcast episode, which was really the trailer that I posted during the first week of homework in that now infamous podcast class I took last fall. So I just want to thank you so deeply because without you, I wouldn't still be doing this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So today I'm going to talk about something that I really haven't talked too much about during this podcasting journey, and that is the topic of bipolar disorder. In addition to everything else that I have shared in the last year of podcasting, one of the things that I have not talked about is the fact that at a very late age, late in life, my dad was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And it has been something that our family has been living with for many, many years now. And I think part of the reason that I haven't talked about it is because it's a highly emotional topic for me. And it's one that I think I don't feel like I have the best handle on in terms of like with Lenny's mental health journey, I feel like even my experience as a lawyer in the public defender's office and learning about juvenile mental health issues, I had some like frame of reference and it gave me an idea of the steps that I needed to take. With my dad's situation, I don't really have that. And it's been a really hard thing for me emotionally to come to terms with. And I do want, I just want to put in this disclaimer. Before I scheduled the recording session with my guest, Matt McLean, I did talk to my parents and ask them if it would be okay if I talked about this topic. For me, it was important that I wasn't treading on privacy issues or talking about something that they would prefer that I didn't talk about. And very similarly, like when I talked about Linny's situation and the struggles that Linz has been facing, I asked Linny for explicit permission um, 
to tell me what I could talk about and what I couldn't. So I did the same thing with my parents and both of them. Both of them were supportive about talking about bipolar disorder. And I think they too feel strongly about opening the conversation so that we can drop the shame and drop the stigma that surrounds these conversations about mental health. And that leads me to my guest for today. Today, I'm sharing with you two conversations with my guest, Matt McLean. Matt and I crossed paths in that now well-known podcast class that I took last fall. I really feel like I got very, very lucky to meet so many amazing people. And Matt is extraordinary and is doing incredible work around talking about his journey and his experience having bipolar disorder and how that has impacted him. So for a long time, Matt and I went back and forth kind of coordinating when we could talk. And we finally were able to talk for the first time in May of this year, which was Mental Health Awareness Month. And due to some technical difficulties, we ended up talking again just recently. I was able to salvage some of our first conversation, which I'll play for you first, and then I will follow it up with the second conversation that Matt and I had, because I think Matt is really doing phenomenal work about destigmatizing mental illness, and in particular, bipolar disorder. And so we have a full conversation talking about a lot of things, about his experience, about what's happened in his life as a result of the consequences of having bipolar disorder that had not yet been identified. And we also talk about what it's like for me as a caregiver, for my dad who has bipolar disorder, and from Matt's perspective, what it's been like for him as the father and husband and family member with bipolar disorder. So I hope that you get something out of this conversation. I know that I did. So here we go. Let's talk bipolar disorder with Matt McLean. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. How's it going? It's going all right. Um, I, some of that's been, I mean, obviously it's been a lot on me, but you'll appreciate it because I've got, actually I have three daughters. And <clears throat> over the last year, each one of them has had their own, some of them have been longer, but each one has had their own mental health struggles. So I've been like, I feel you. you know, I feel you. Trying to try to do that. And I had to ask, cause I was uh, listening to your, your two-parter on your daughter, <clears throat> mm -hmm. which is beautiful, by the way, it was lovely. And one of the things that I was, wondering and, and if this is too personal you can feel free to throw something at me from california it might make it i don't know who knows i have um, a strong arm <laughs> i've heard that just kidding um i felt a lot of guilt with my girls yeah 
And I, I I was wondering if that's just a parent thing, because part of it, like for me, it was like, okay, I'm the one with the bipolar disorder. And did I bring this into the family? But I, is it, is it more just a general parent thing? I think it's just parental guilt. I think it's funny because you say that. And I think back to a lot of my episodes thus far Mm -hmm. and guilt is like the common thread through so much of it, so much of it. And I think that we, as parents, we're the protectors, we're the fixers, we're the make it all better people. And when we can't do that, Mm -hmm. it's really excruciating. That it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of your reels. Um, This is my bipolar and just, so I have to tell you that this is a, a topic that's really near and dear for me. Mm-hmm. And so much, it's funny when we crossed paths, I was like, gosh, there's just so much in common. So I'm a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You know, I was a, a lawyer. I am no longer licensed to practice law. <laughs> well, and I suppose we'll talk about that, but, um, we can. um, you know, I, I heard, I was listening to one of your, your reels the other day, um, talking about lawyering with bipolar disorder and mm-hmm. almost how it kind of was a little bit of an advantage because you were just like, yeah. go, 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 get, get, get. So tell yeah. me about that. Well, so uh, you are, if I remember, criminal practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you in a firm or are you? I, I'm a lawyer with the public defender's office. Okay. Okay. I, you know what? I, I, I don't even know why I ask. It's pretty much anywhere as a lawyer, you're rewarded for working harder and longer. Yeah. And you also have things like offices with doors, or maybe that's a Midwestern thing, but, um, or cubicles with knots. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was, I was a uh, civil litigator. So I like to say I was keeping the world safe for corporate America <laughs> at a law firm. It's all about the available hour. Yeah. I would get in at like six, six thirty in the morning. I would work until five or five thirty. I would go home and I would have dinner with time my young kids, my wife. And because for me it was like it was that was an important part for me because I was thought of my dad as always working. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, I'm gonna be home every night for dinner. By the way, my dad was great. But um and then I would put everyone to bed. Mm-hmm. And I would shower. I would put on a fresh suit because I'm old enough that we wore suits to work. <laughs> and then I would go back in and I would work all night. And I would just stay there through the next day. Wow. Yeah. And when I heard that, you know, my dad, who is a retired cardiologist, mm-hmm. was diagnosed very, very late in life with bipolar disorder. And I think when I heard you talk about it in terms of kind of how it almost fueled like getting stuff done, mm-hmm. that's, I, I observed my dad growing up as this go-getter always, you know, working and getting up super early at the crack of dawn. He didn't come home until usually it was my mom and my siblings and I eating dinner. And then dad would come home later and have his dinner sort of separate and apart from us. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, what I realize is that 
the way he was working and the intensity with which he was working probably was masking some mania. I don't know. What yeah. do well, you have a similar experience? Definitely. And mania has <clears throat> I mean, there's a whole spectrum. The old DSM four was um, I I know all the I learned all these things initially because I, I did a lot of insurance litigation and, and ERISA litigation, which a lot of involved insurance and and uh, psychiatric disabilities. So yeah. I kind of I kind of knew some of the language going in, but the DSM-4, everything was like, there's bipolar one, there's bipolar two, there's mixed episode. And the way it's described more in, in DSM-5, and I'm not a doctor. And the DSM, are, for anybody <clears throat> listening out there, is this big Bible, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental yeah. Disorders. And I, too, as a lawyer, am very familiar with it. Yeah. And so we're, yes, for criminal practice, so. the lingo, yeah, yeah, is is common maybe for but, us professionally, but not so common for the average person listening. Fair call, fair call, good catch, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you're looking at bipolar one, bipolar two, mixed and, episode, and the way it's and the way it's been described to me more now is it's it's a spectrum, mm-hmm. and it starts at what's called cyclothymic disorder, which is you, you you have waves, but none of them are too far gone. It's just more of this is kind of part of your life. And you may see it in a real elevated mood for a while and then a real down mood for a while. And there can be some regularity to it, but nothing's sort of life altering. And then um, And then bipolar has a whole spectrum too. So you can have a very high functioning for lack of a better word, bipolar mm-hmm. disorder or a version of it. Because mania can be, there's like hypomania, which I call mania light, and then full-blown mania. So most of the time for me, I was more in that mania light where you had tons of energy. Oh, yeah. You had tons of creativity. And for me, I had a Superman complex. So I not only thought I could fix everything, I thought I should fix everything. That is a big one. I and really I thought think I, that. I thought I owed it, not just to me or to you, but really to the world. Humanity. That I should fix all these things. Yeah, that invincibility thread. That was a big thing, mm-hmm. I think, that I saw, too, you know, in my dad. he He's always been philanthropic and really helpful to loads of people, but it was like on overdrive. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine, but I was a corporate litigator. So my clients were corporations mostly or insurance companies. Um, so I felt I could have things where I felt like I was doing good, but I would do more like I was coaching uh, youth hockey. I was a hockey player, played in college. So I was coaching youth hockey and that wasn't enough. I would like well, we're not teaching the kids the right way and we don't have the right structure. So I am going to mm-hmm. create a whole curriculum for the youth hockey program. And I'm going to include practice plans for each step so that the kids are learning how power skating in the right way wow. and we're developing everybody. So it was sort of, you take things to that level, yeah. which again, sometimes from the outside, it's like, wow, 
you know, Matt's a real go-getter and he really cares about the kids, which I did and I do, but I can't imagine taking that to the level where I'm operating on people's hearts. (laughs) Yeah, I think that whole thing about, you know, it's such a badge of honor to be an overdoer in our society mm-hmm. that it's like the rest of us sit back and on, like, it's almost like, I wish I could have some of that energy, you know, but it, it's, it is masking something that really can take a toll on your person, your family, your whole way of being. Mm-hmm. So that is, that I think is really something that I want to talk with you about in terms. I'm a little worried that you have spy cameras in here because I just recorded my reel for today because I'm doing these every day for mental health awareness month to some way that bipolar showed up in my life. And today's was called bipolar dad. Mm. So I have three girls. One's about to graduate from USC. So out out on the West coast and LA. Go SC. Bye. Done. So, um, so she, you know, 22, I've got another one that's a sophomore at Lehigh. So other coasts trying to get away from dad and the other one's in high school, but so everything really came to a head when they were in, I think it was third, sixth and eighth grade. So they were young, Yeah. but they had a lot of years where, where dad was like, had all this energy and these really great ideas. and. Uh, actually, in my reel, I called them crazy, and then I was like, "Wait, can I say that?" Mm. <laughs> because, <clears throat> but and actually, we'll circle back around to it. We'll put a pin in this, but I really liked what you said about language and the importance of it because I, I I truly believe you're right. Um, it's just I'm not always perfect about it. Yeah, uh, nor, but, nor but, are we ever always. You know, right. but I think that's the thing. It's like when we become aware of perhaps a phrase or, you know, whatever wording is not so appropriate or not Mm -hmm. as compassionate or whatever, just even having that little nugget of awareness, you catch yourself and everything in life. It's like, you you always get a do-over. Another opportunity will arise to do it differently Mm -hmm. and better. The do-over. I am a huge fan of the do-over. Yeah. That's what my podcast is the recombobulated life because sometimes it gets discombobulated and you get to put it back together. Uh, but bipolar dad, sorry to, to, to get back to it. Bipolar dad is the, is that guy, mm-hmm. that guy who would say things like, you know what we're going to do when we're in Florida, we're going to drive to Orlando and we're going to go to all five of the Disney parks in two days. And then we're going to go to universal the next day. And, and I was like, got one of my kids on my shoulders and marching through. And this was August. Wow. Wow. Great time to be in Florida, especially when you're a pasty dude from the upper Midwest. <laughs> but, but I did it. And it was like, so as my daughter, who is um, the one, um, the sophomore in college said, there were things about it that were really cool. Cause you were like energy level. Sometimes you were right at our level. Mm-hmm. so you had this little kid energy that that we really that we really love but then bipolar dad is also so in this day and age of streaming we have 
an obnoxious DVD collection because I had I would get DVDs. I had like three copies of Goonies because you can never have enough Goonies. That's so funny. <laughs> but I would just buy them, and I would always, yeah. you know, well, if we watch it three point four times, we're gonna. Yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. We've earned it. We have this crazy collection. And then, so now, I mean, that's another thing. Well, I was bipolar, Dad did that. So it's been a good thing from a joking standpoint and a healing standpoint with the kids. But I think, you know, you bringing that up about your dad, it really does um, bring home that notion of like, we're not dealing with our mental illness in a vacuum. Right. You know, we're we're part of a community. We're part of a family. And, you know, the way you guys came together for your daughter, but then you know that's that's a real thing, and that's a very that's an organism family. So, you know, I'm sure you dealt with this when one 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 kid's in need. What's going on with the other one? And right. how do we work that with us and our needs? Right. I, you know, because we have to take care of ourselves so we can take care of them. So it is that that very, you know, I think you see it in, in media and you read about it. And and especially with bipolar disorder, depression, it can all be very dramatized and very, and, and, and even, you know, shows about um, people who are suicidal or who died by suicide. And it's, it, it's tragic and you can bring a lot of, of emotion around it, but it, it's very well it's artificial obviously but the thing that that i always talk to people about is that this is all real and it's fluid and it's and it's ugly and it's messy and it's it's going to move and you're going to do the right thing and you're going to do the wrong thing mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's the thing where i've talked to parents in particular you're going to mess some things up yeah yeah you just are <laughs> yeah I think, I think that's so true. And, you know, you stumble, you fumble, you bumble it. And, and then the next day you got to figure out how can I do this again and maybe just do it a little better. Yeah. 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 So no, I, I, I was just having a talk with my youngest daughter, the one in high school. And, and, you know, we're kind of talking about some of the things she's been going through and I said, you know, going back through everything. So my, my symptoms got really, it was just kind of progressing the way things do. And then I had a really bad concussion in early 09. When you look back in hindsight and you're looking from that brain injury situation, did you or could you now see signs of bipolar disorder that predated that? Or do you think that that brain injury was kind of a catalyst that kind of set things taking off there were definitely signs before what kind of mine mine really but i don't know if it was so like i said i have eight concussions i had seven of them from all from hockey wow and the last one i had was midway through my senior season and and i went right from from college to law school. So um, so that was about the time. There were a couple things earlier where maybe it was, maybe it wasn't sort of, you know, un, uh, unlanded, outlandish stuff. But at, at that, that was the point where you can really start seeing some symptoms. 
Uh, one of the things that happens with people with bipolar disorder is impulsive and illogical and irrational buying. Yeah. Like the DVDs. So I'm in law school and, and for whatever reason, I decided to go to Vanderbilt. I'm like, sure, let me sign off for all those loans, which other people do. So that's not the unusual part, but I'm in law school. I am, um, I'm, I have a, I have a car, nothing, it was a Dodge Neon, but you know what? It was paid off and it ran. Oh, it was green. Mm, that was ugly, but, but it was a car and it ran and it was great. And I decided one day and one day I woke up and I'm like, you know what? I need an SUV. I need it. I have to have it. And I were you married yet? <laughs> was I married yet, or was I engaged? This is pre kids. The SUV pre kids. Oh, clearly. <laughs> so here's what I did. I, it was like an hour away. So I'm in Nashville. This is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We drive an hour away because this is where it had the SUV that I needed. I traded in my car that was paid off so that I could get a loan on a two-wheel drive Honda Pilot. Oh, in wow. 1997, 96, somewhere in there. And then, and then like two years later, we moved back to Wisconsin where a two-wheel drive SUV is not a good idea. Wow. But it was things like just sort of that really impulsive yeah we're gonna go do this and 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 you know you would have the ability to connect the dots and make that happen mm -hmm. so it's things like that things like um the the working all night you know and being able to do that for weeks and weeks and weeks with you know little or no sleep and still having a ton of energy yeah see that's and the those hard the, part that's the hard part for me is and and maybe you have some insight that you can share with me as a caregiver for my dad who suffers with bi bipolar disorder mm -hmm. when he is really revving and in that hypomanic or manic state he's invincible there's you know nothing he cannot do even though mm -hmm. physically there's a lot he cannot do um and for me and I think my mom and our family, it's hard because it's not like we can have a rational conversation to say, hey, this is what we're seeing. And maybe we need to get whatever the help is, you know, medication adjustment or just taking medication, because I find that when um, things are ramping up, there's pushback because I think he feels so good that he doesn't feel like he needs medication. Yeah. Which is hard. It it is and I I do understand the that that challenge. For me, I think I crapped the bed so badly and hurt my kids so badly and clearly that staying on my meds has been easy. Yeah. I just don't I don't feel that fight with it. Yeah. But I also had this thing where I had years of not knowing what was going on. And there's an anger that comes with that. There's an mm -hmm. anger that comes with, particularly in the depressed period, where, and you hear about that bipolar anger. 
Although I think it comes with just people suffering from unipolar depression, where you're sitting there and you feel like you're in this fog and this, this hopelessness, but you look around and you can see, I have a family around me, or I have a job, or I have a, a house, or you know, whatever things you have that other people always want to point out to you and go, well, you have this, you should feel yeah. okay. And you're like, I see I have that and I still don't feel okay. And now I'm pissed off. So I, you know, I, when I got to take my, when I found the right meds, everything just, it was like a, like a noise, a buzz that had been in my head forever went away. Mm. And I didn't know it was there, went away. I had those motivations. So people have asked me a, a, a number of times, what could someone have said to you as you were going through it? What could, you know, what could I, as your loved one, or, or, or what could I do yeah. with my loved one or friend? Right. Very similar. I, I do get that question. And I'm, unfortunately, this is where it's really good that there's separation. I don't have a great answer. I wish I did. I yeah. wish I did because um, for me, a lot of it came down to the severity of the consequences. But then it really was that timeline that seeing the pieces and being able and you know and and a physician that's somebody who would be able to connect the dots. There's a lawyer. You connect dots. That's well. What here's we the do. hard part. The hard part is that physician part for, for our situation, mm-hmm. it works against us because he knows so much information. Oh, he's like three he's steps He's not ahead. necessarily, he doesn't have that insight. I sense from you, you've got a lot of insight in terms of your bipolar disorder and how it affects you, how it affects your family, that piece about you, you know, you don't struggle with staying on your medication because- you have your family that is, it's like the motivation factor, maybe is that just, it seems like you have such crisp clarity. And I, I think for us, it's hard because that clarity is not always there. Mm -hmm. And that as a caregiver is really hard. Up next is part two of our conversation where we continue to talk about bipolar disorder and how it's affected our lives Matt and I had the opportunity to reconnect and have another conversation a couple weeks ago, and that's what you'll hear in part two. But for now, if you want to learn more about Matt, you can find and follow him on Instagram at the Matt McLean, and you can check out his podcast, The Recombobulated Life, on any of the platforms where you like to listen to your podcasts. I will also include the links to both Matt's Instagram profile, and his podcast in the show notes for this episode. In part two of our conversation, Matt and I talk more about bipolar disorder and how it has affected his life, his family's life, and I talk a lot about my experience in caregiving for my dad and how his bipolar disorder has affected me. So stay tuned for part two of my conversation about bipolar disorder with Matt McLean. I'm Karen Osborne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living in the Sandwich Zone. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. 
If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, and share it with a friend. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, one of the best ways you can support me is rating and reviewing the podcast there. You can follow me on Instagram at karen.e.osborne. That's O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Or if you want to become an insider, a club sandwich member, click the link in the show notes and join my private Facebook group. Until next time, remember to add yourself to your caregiving list and take a moment today and do something that brings you joy.